Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hello there, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 65. I'm going to read the heading first. Revelation on Prayer, given through Joseph Smith the Prophet at Hiram, Ohio, October 30th, 1831. Even though this just has a few verses, I've got a bit of narrative here I want to read to you. So let me start with that first. Um, Joseph Smith said, Some say the kingdom of God was not set up on the earth until the day of Pentecost, and that John did not preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. But I say in the name of the Lord that the kingdom of God was set up on the earth from the days of Adam to the present time. Whenever there has been a righteous man on earth unto whom God revealed his word and gave power and authority to administer in his name, and where there is a priest of God, a minister who has power and authority from God to administer in the ordinances of the gospel, and officiate in the priesthood of God, there is the kingdom of God. And in consequence of rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ and the prophets whom God hath sent, the judgments of God have rested upon the people, cities and nations, in various ages of the world which was the case with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed for rejecting the prophets. Now I will give you my testimony. I care not for man. I speak boldly and faithfully with authority. How is it with the kingdom of God? Where did the kingdom of God begin? Where there is no kingdom of God, there is no salvation. What constitutes the kingdom of God? Where there is a prophet, a priest, or a righteous man unto whom God gives his oracles, there is the kingdom of God, and where the oracles of God are not, there the kingdom of God is not. M. Russell Ballard said, While we are profoundly grateful for the many members of the church who are doing great things in the battle for truth and right, I must honestly tell you it is still not enough. We need much more help, and so, as the people of Ammon looked to their sons for reinforcement in the war against the Lamanites, we look to you, my young brethren of the Aaronic Priesthood. We need you. Like Helaman's 2,000 stripling warriors, you also are the spirit sons of God, and you too can be endowed with power to build up and defend his kingdom. We need you to make sacred covenants just as they did. We need you to be meticulously obedient and faithful just as they were. What we need now is the greatest generation of missionaries in the history of the church. We need worthy, qualified, spiritually energized missionaries who, like Helaman's 2,000 stripling warriors, are exceedingly valiant for courage and also for strength and activity, and who are true at all times in whatsoever thing they are entrusted. Listen to those words, my young brethren, valiant, courage, strength, active, true. We don't need spiritually weak and semi-committed young men. We don't need you to just fill a position. We need your whole heart and soul. We need vibrant, thinking, passionate missionaries who know how to listen to and respond to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit. This isn't a time for spiritual weaklings. We cannot send you on a mission to be reactivated, reformed, or to receive a testimony. We just don't have time for that. We need you to be filled with faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God. All right, verse 1. Well, whoops, I got another little little thing to read here first. <clears throat> this revelation refers to the prophecy of Daniel that the God of heaven will set up his kingdom again upon the earth in the last days and announces 
that the fulfillment of that prophecy has commenced in the restoration of the gospel. Speaking of himself, the prophet Joseph Smith said, I calculate to be one of the instruments of setting up the kingdom of Daniel by the word of the Lord, and I intend to lay a foundation that will revolutionize the whole world. This section is also an important commentary on Matthew 6, verse 10, wherein the Savior prayed as part of the Lord's prayer that the kingdom of his Father, or the kingdom of heaven, as it is here described, might be established on the earth. Thus, the, the prophet's prayer and the Lord's prayer become one. That was by Joseph Fielding McConkie. <clears throat> At Hiram, several important conferences were held. There, 16 revelations were received, including the memorable vision recorded in section 76. There, a mob excited by the agitation of Ezra Booth, who had denied the faith and become an enemy, tried to take the life of the prophet and Sidney Rigdon. No doubt this revelation came to strengthen them for the work and experiences before them. <clears throat> the prophet Joseph Smith indicated that this section is a prayer. He said, in the forepart of, the, of October, I received the following prayer through Revelation. Verse 1, Hearken, and lo, a voice as of one, sent down from on high, who is mighty and powerful, whose going forth is unto the ends of the earth, yea, whose voice is unto men. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This sounds a lot like Joseph Smith, doesn't it? The only message that can be that can prepare men for the coming of Christ is the gospel of Christ. Verse 2, The keys of the kingdom are committed unto man on the earth, and from thence shall the gospel roll forth unto the ends of the earth as the stone which is cut out of the mountain. The keys of the kingdom were committed to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery in the spring of 1829 by Peter, James, and John, who received them at the hands of the Lord himself. The stone cut out of the mountain is the latter-day kingdom of God, as it was restored by the prophet Joseph Smith. As to how the stone is to fill the whole earth, Orson Pratt observed that the fulfillment of the prophecy would not come through the use of weapons of warfare, for the kingdom of stone, or the kingdom or stone cut out of the mountain without hands, is a power superior to that of carnal weapons, the power of truth. For the kingdom of God cannot be organized on the earth without truth being sent down from heaven without authority being given from the Most High, without men again being called to the holy priesthood and apostleship, and sent forth to publish the truth in its naked simplicity and plainness to the inhabitants of the earth. This truth will be the weapon of warfare. This authority and power sent down from heaven will go forth and will proclaim the message of the everlasting gospel, the gospel of the latter-day kingdom, publishing it first among the nations that compose the feet and toes of the great image. Remember Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the uh, large image that had feet and toes of clay. That's what he's talking about here. Uh, will they be broken to pieces? Yes, when this message is published to them. When they are sufficiently warned, when the servants of God have gone forth in obedience to his commandments and published in their towns, villages, cities, states, and governments these sacred and holy principles that God Almighty has sent down from heaven in the latter times, it will leave all people, nations, and tongues that hear the gospel and the principles and message pertaining to the, that kingdom without any excuse. It will be a warning that will be everlasting on the one hand or on the other, either to the bringing of the people to repentance, reformation, and obedience to the gospel of the kingdom, or the judgments which are predicated on this prophecy of Daniel, <clears throat> or pred predicted in this prophecy of Daniel, will be poured out upon the heads of those nations and kingdoms, and they will become like the chaff of the summer threshing floor, 
even all those kingdoms that compose the great image, for it be known that the remnants of the Babylonian kingdom, represented by the head of gold, still exist in Asia, the remnants of the silver kingdom of the brass kingdom, and the kingdom of iron still have their existence, but when the Lord Almighty shall fulfill this prophecy, the toes and feet and legs of iron of that great image, or all these kingdoms, will be broken in pieces, and they will become like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. The wind will carry them away, and no place will be found for them. I remember that uh, this is cut out of the mountain without hands. The expression without hands, as found in the prophecy of Daniel, is extended to emphasize that the kingdom is intended to emphasize that the kingdom is uh, to be established in the last days will come by divine agency, not by the counsels of men. It is to rest upon a new revelation, not upon the wisdom of ecumenical counsels. And that was by Joseph Fielder McConkie. Continuing the verse, and it shall roll forth until it has filled the whole earth. This verse announces that Daniel's prophecy of the establishment of God's kingdom in the last days is about to be fulfilled in the restoration of the gospel through Joseph Smith. This kingdom, the prophecy holds, is destined to break in pieces and consume all earthly kingdoms and stand forever. Surely this would come, or surely this would seem an awesome thing to the then infant church struggling for survival in Kirtland, Ohio and Jackson County, Missouri. It will be recalled that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, in the second year of his reign, dreamed dreams that greatly troubled him. His diviners could not tell him the dreams or interpret them for him. Angry, Nebuchadnezzar ordered that they be cut into pieces and their houses made into dunghills. Upon learning this, Daniel asked the king to give him time before he sought to give the interpretation. He then united in importuning the heavens with his companions Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and had the secret revealed to him in a night vision. Daniel then sought audience with the king, where he first rehearsed the particulars of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and then gave its interpretation. That which the king had seen was a great image, with a head of fine gold, breast and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of clay and iron. Then he saw a stone cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, breaking them into pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Thou art this head of gold, Daniel explained to Nebuchadnezzar, and after thee shall arise another kingdom, inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear, ruler, bear rule over all the earth. Then was to come a fourth kingdom with the strength of iron, that kingdom would be divided, and the iron would be mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings, Daniel explained, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdoms, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. By interpretation we would understand that the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, which bore rule over all the earth, was the head of gold. Orson Pratt said, After thee shall come another kingdom, represented by the breast of the and the arms of silver. That is the Medo-Persian kingdom. After that, another kingdom shall uh, still inferior, called the kingdom of brass, for as much as gold is better than silver, silver more precious than brass, 
So these kingdoms that were to arise to succeed each other were to be inferior as time should pass along. The third kingdom of brass represented the Macedonian Empire. Then after that another kingdom, great and terrible, whose legs were of iron, strong and powerful. The fourth kingdom bore rule over the earth that is admitted by all commentators to be the great Roman Empire, and by the division of the Roman Empire into two divisions representing the legs and afterwards into the feet and toes. The present modern kingdoms of Europe that have grown out from the Roman Empire represent the last vestiges of that great and powerful empire of Rome. That is, it fills up and makes the image complete. Uh, back to verse 3. Yea, a voice crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, prepare ye the supper of the Lamb, make ready for the bridegroom. This imagery is that of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22 and Revelation 19 verse 9. Christ is both the Lamb and the bridegroom. The bride is his church, for whom the time of his coming will be a time of celebration. Missionaries now encompass the earth, issuing the invitation to attend the marriage feast and rejoice with the king's son. Those who clothe themselves in the robes of righteousness or the wedding garment will be accorded that privilege. Verse 4, Pray unto the Lord, call upon his holy name, make known this wonderful his, his wonderful works among the people. Call upon the Lord that his kingdom may go forth upon the earth, that the inhabitants thereof may receive it and be prepared for the days to come, in the which the Son of Man shall come down to, from heaven, shall come down in heaven, clothed in the brightness of his glory to meet the kingdom of God, which is set up on the earth. When Christ returns, everything will be ready for his return. Verse 6, Wherefore may the kingdom of God go forth, that the kingdom of heaven may come, that thou, O God, mayest be glorified in heaven, so on earth, that thine enemies may be subdued, for thine is the honor, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, Elder er, uh, Joseph L. McConkie also said, It would be from this verse that the section obtains its name, the prayer. Here the prophet addresses the heavens with the plea, that the stone seen by Daniel, meaning the kingdom of God, will go forth and fill the whole earth, that the day of the millennial kingdom, spoken of here as the kingdom of heaven, might come. In speaking further about the uh, gathering, the proclaiming of the gospel, and so on, uh, back in section 1 of the Doctrine and Covenants, verse 4, it says, And the voice of warning shall be unto all people by the mouths of my disciples, whom I have chosen in these last days. A lot of people have thought that uh, if we just send out the word through the media, Facebook, uh, social media, whatever, that that's going to be enough. Let me just read you something here from uh, Brother McConkie. It is commonly thought that the prophecies announcing that the gospel will be taught to those of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people can somehow be filled through radio, television, computers, or other forms of mass communication. This, however, cannot be the case. Only an ordained servant of the Lord can receive a confession of sins, baptize, and confer the gift of the Holy Ghost. Though the mass media can greatly help in teaching of the gospel, it will never replace the need for missionaries to find, love, teach, and nurture those who are seeking the blessings of the gospel. Without question, we are rapidly approaching the great day of the Lord, that time of refreshing, when he will come in the clouds of heaven to take vengeance upon the ungodly and prepare the earth for the reign of peace for all those who are willing to abide in his law. 
It is only just that the Lord would speak again from the heavens before that great day shall come and commission his servants and send them forth to proclaim repentance and once again say to the people, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Surely the Lord would not depend entirely upon the predictions of his ancient prophets for this warning of his coming, of his second coming. True it is that the warnings given of old are to be heeded, but near the approach of these great events, it is right in reason, compels us to believe that the Lord would again raise his voice through his appointed servants in a warning that the people might know that this great and dreadful day is even now at our doors. That was by Joseph Fielding Smith. Verse 5, And they shall go forth, and none shall stay them, for I, the Lord, have commanded them. Joseph Smith said, No power can prevent the gospel from going forth. It is destined to be taught to those of every nation, kindred, and tongue. The standard of truth has been erected. No unhallowed hand can stop the work from progressing. Persecutions may rage, mobs may combine, armies may assemble, Calumny may defame, but the truth of God will go forth boldly, nobly, and independent till it has penetrated every continent, visited every clime, swept every country, and sounded in every ear. Till the purposes of God shall be accomplished, and the great Jehovah shall say, The work is done. And then down to verse 30, it says, And also those to whom these commandments were given might have power to lay the foundation of this church and to bring it forth out of obscurity and out of darkness, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, which with, with which I, the Lord, am well pleased, speaking unto the church collectively and not individually. We as individuals are not doing all that could be done, all that should be done. I have no concern for the church as a whole. Its destiny is foretold. It is going on to glorious victory, but that does not say that each of us who are members of the church will go on to glorious victory. We may be left behind entirely. What are we doing individually? I repeat, that was by uh, James E. Talmadge. I bear testimony to the truth of these things and that as we uh, help to uh, bring forth the gospel to the rest of the world, that the church is the kingdom of God that's been set up upon the earth. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.